spell read from the gift by Hafiz. Beloved Master, the tree we planted near the spot that became your tomb has grown so well. It is now several times my height. When the season comes that makes it leaves bow and whirl, Hafiz will then sleep upon the ground, hoping at least a dream that you will kiss my cheek again. And then another one, I vote for you, for God. When your eyes have found the strength to constantly speak to the world all that is most dear to your own life, when your hands and feet and tongue can perform in the rare unison that comforts this longing earth with the knowledge, your soul, your soul has been groomed in his city of love. And when you make others laugh with jokes that belittle no one, and your words always unite, Hafiz does vote for you. Hafiz will vote for you to be the minister of every country in this universe. Hafiz does vote for you, my dear. I vote for you to be God. Now that's an election. <laughs> I'd like to win that one. <laughs> And my campaign is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, God for everybody. Love for everybody. Your turn. <laughs> oh, man, I'm still trying to come out of that meditation. Wow. I'd like to share a little bit about spiritual family that it's really nice that um, I'd have to say is we continue to keep moving forward over time here in ILM that especially since we've begun doing initiations on the path to sound and light that it's been very wonderful to experience more of what I would call spiritual family or community in a way and one of the things I know that as we gather physically, it truly is just a reflection of what's going on inwardly, spiritually. And it's quite wonderful because as we do come together in what we call a spiritual family or spiritual community, it really is with one focus. And of course, that focus is loving. That is what we truly all seek and all want, even in our own biological families is always looking for that connection and that experience of the loving. But in this world, like all things of the world, that's also where we find our challenge and our disappointment. And if anything, coming together in a group where we may not be related physically, we begin to look at each other in different ways. We begin to look through the eyes of loving that we come together in this group for. And so, in the way we look is the way we begin to experience family in a new way, in a loving way, in the way that we've been looking for, that we've been really longing and wanting to have. And it's very interesting if you've taken the time to get to know each other, even physically within the group, you'll begin to discover and see even dynamics in your relationship with one another here, similarities 
of what maybe you even experienced in your own biological family. The difference is, of course, there's not the blood relation, but there is the spiritual relation. And there is a huge difference. When we begin to relate to one another spiritually, sure, we may become aware of the similarities of those physical personality traits and characteristics by which we relate, but because it is a community with a focus that we've chosen to move into for our own spiritual awakening, to really know, to wake up, to know the soul that we are, to know God, to know spirit, to know the divine, that in that relation, that as we relate with one another, even physically here, because we are not physically related, we begin to look for that spiritual connection, that relationship in spirit, that relationship of soul to soul, or what other people call soulmates. Truly, we are all soulmates, because soul to soul, we are relating with one another. I was going to say mating, but then I'm sure people will take that into another level. But that could be fun, too. But the truth is, as we move into that soul consciousness, is where we, we experience that greater oneness. And it is in that oneness how we really wake up and know the divine, to know the truth of spirit, to know our connection with one another, to know through our experience, through that movement of loving. If you've looked around you, you'll notice life does have movement. It has movement. Even physically, when the body's still, there's still movement. Sometimes you have to look closely to discover that movement. But if you look, you'll begin to see. And in the seeing in that movement, you'll begin to know the greater truth of the spirit within. And as you begin to relate to that spirit within you more and more, in your own inner relationship with your own soul, is where you will really begin to wake up and know the greater truth inside. And in that knowing, in that awakening, it's funny because there's a little bit of a shift all of a sudden, so I'm just having to kind of be with that. So I'm just pausing for a minute to see where it goes from there. This thing that we call not only spiritual family, but also we've heard of over, over time in stories of the flock and the shepherd. The flock is one that we can also call the spiritual family. I like to use a different terminology so that we can really understand the greater truth. And if you think of the flock, sometimes we may think of it as a herd of animals, but really, it really is just symbolic of really the souls that are coming together as a flock, as a group, but for a very specific dynamic or purpose that does take place. And just like in any group or flock, human or animal, there usually is one, in a sense, that, one that the group looks to as what we'd call a leader or a director, or one that, in a sense, through their experience, we look to as one who has wisdom and knowing 
through their experience that we look to for our own growth, for our own experience, to come to the greater knowing, because through them we begin to see those qualities that we may seek to awaken to, to experience and to know within ourselves. And that's just kind of the way it works. Last week I shared about the way I've experienced the movement of spirit or the river of loving. It is a flow. And one of the things I've learned to do is just to honor the way the flow unfolds, not to try to make it a certain way, the way I wish it was, but to really honor the way it is because there is a natural rhythm and flow to all of life. And if we allow ourselves to find what the flow is, to discover, guess what meditation does? It gives us that opportunity to discover that flow of life. And as we begin to discover that truer, greater flow, and we begin to bring ourselves into alignment through our choices, through our understanding, through our own inner knowing, as we continue to choose more and more into the flow that is, rather than the flow that we wish may be, that life does get easier. When you step in that flow, that river of loving, the river does begin to carry you. That's when things begin to smooth out, when things get easier, when we begin to experience the greater awakening, that greater knowing, the greater truth of the divine. And as we pay attention, we'll always see in that flow a direction, a movement. And we'll see those before us, those around us, and those behind us. But if you pay attention, everybody's in the flow. Everybody is in the flow. Some of us are just more aware of it. Some of us are less aware of it. We've heard Jim call them the living dead or the walking dead. And those that are truly awake and living and knowing and experiencing, that's truly the only difference. It's all the same, but how conscious of it are we? So in the meditation is simply the process of awakening to know that greater truth. And as we allow ourselves to line up to and to experience, to, mo to move into that greater truth, into that flow. That's the journey. That's the journey. Plain and simple. There's no hocus pocus. There's no magic. There's no superstition or voodoo. There's no wishing or having to want. There's no needing. There's no nothing except just the experience of loving. Just the experience of the loving itself. When you can begin to move beyond all the illusions, the superstitions, the expectations of the world, and begin to truly only long for and want that experience of loving is how you can really have that which you're longing for. I like to call it, we've sometimes heard of it, dying the little death daily. Well, truly that dying the little death daily is allowing those parts of ourselves that are living in this world of illusion to die off, to allow the attachments to die, to allow the expectations to die, because they only have life 
because we feed them. We give them life by giving them our energy, our time, our focus. So if you want the greater awakening, the knowing of the greater truth, simply begin to feed and give life to that which you're seeking inwardly, spiritually. It really is a simple process. So allow it to be simple. Allow it to be simple. The complexities, the dynamics, all the details really are not of spirit. All of those are simply the reflections of spirit. The details of our lives, our personalities, our wants, our belief systems, our expectations, those are the details. Those are not spirit. Those are the reflections. Those are the things that we begin to chase after that brings the soul into this world, into the mind, into the emotions, and the imagination, and the body that we begin to chase the reflections, seeking the knowing, seeking the inner experience, thinking that as we find and get and have those attachments, those things that we are looking to in the world, that that's going to answer what that is we're truly seeking in spirit. But that's part of the journey. And that's really just fine. Because in seeking that which is in the world, is how we begin to wake up and discover and realize it is only but a reflection, that it is not the truth of what we thought we are after. And so in the awakening and knowing of the reflection, we begin to turn. We begin to turn from the reflection to look up into the truth, into the source, because we begin to discover that it really is not of this world. It is not of the illusion. So when you find yourself disappointed, having unmet expectations, frustrated, hesitant, unwilling, unknowing, just know that those are all signposts that we are simply looking into the reflection and not into the source or the flow of the spirit within. Use all those as your feedback mechanisms, your signposts to let you know you simply have allowed your attention to once again focus into the world of reflection. They're just simply signposts. But allow yourself to experience, to look at, to confront, to truly understand, to have the experience of what that is so that you do understand. True understanding only comes through your experience. So don't judge your fear or want the outer reflection to be different than what it is. Allow yourself to have the experience, to participate, so that you really do come into the fulfillment of that which you were chasing and seeking after in this world. Because in that, you're going to know and to discover the emptiness, the dullness, the illusion of it all. And if you don't allow yourself that process, you hold yourself back. So approach it with truth, with openness, so that you can be receptive and vulnerable, that the truth can be revealed to you, that you come to know the truth and the reflection. That's the part of the journey that we come to. 
that's a part of the journey that we need to realize before we can truly turn within to wake up to the divine. Most of us have come there, and that's why we're choosing to now look within, to turn back to the source, to turn to the inner light, to turn to the truth and the knowing. It's a wonderful thing, but if you look at your own experience, you will know your own markers and signposts and why you have chosen and made the choices you have that you seek spirit, that you choose spirit. It's not because we say so. It's not because somebody else says so. It's because you say so. It's because you in yourself have had some type of experience in an inner knowing that you make your choices, that you base your choices upon. And if you think you've been wandering through life aimlessly, guess again. If you feel like you have, it's only because you have not allowed yourself to pay attention to what's going on. Simply pay attention to what's going on. And in that paying attention, you will discover for yourself the truth that is inside. The truth that is within you. The truth that has always been there and always will be. And as you look to that more and more, it will come more and more alive. And the more alive it becomes, the more we live our lives according to that inner truth. And that's what it's really all about, is looking to that inner truth, to feed it, to bring it to life, to look to that, to experience it, to awaken to it, to know that. Every breath, every moment, every day, awaken to it, live it, breathe it, experience it. That's the inner journey. That's the inner experience. And the wonderful thing is that everything that unfolds in your life, both inwardly and outwardly, is supporting you to awaken to that inner truth. Know that in this land of reflection, it will reflect to us that which we are seeking to know and to awaken to. When we look out into the world, the world will reflect the illusion. When we look into the spirit, the spirit will reveal the truth. And to me, the blessing that I've been seeing in my own life, and many of you around, that dynamic that I was just calling spiritual family or the flock, the blessing in having the family like this is that as we look even in the reflection at one another, in that reflection, it reflects back to us the loving. That's why we find ourselves drawn to participate in groups with one another, because we're drawn to that reflection of loving as we experience it in the world. And that's a nice thing to be drawn to, because as we reflect it to one another, it stirs it within ourselves. It begins to stir it awake. And when you begin to taste that sweet nectar, that true movement of life, you'll want more. You'll want more. 
you begin to seek, even in your physical expression, ways to experience that loving more and more. And it's really wonderful if you look around you in your own life and all the details. You'll know those areas where the world reflects to you, those things that irritate you or disturb you. And you know where the world reflects to you, the loving, the comfort, the joy, the peace. And which one are you usually drawn towards? Do you like to go for the disturbance or do you like to go for the warmth, the peace? the joy. Those are the simple choices we all get to make. But truly know that all those aspects of God lie within you. Both the positive and the negative, the good and the bad, all of it lies within you. And it's simply choosing that which we want to experience more of. And then doing those things within ourselves, to create more of that in our own lives is how we begin to do that. So do that. Know that it is through your choices and your actions to back up those choices that will begin to produce or create that inner environment, that inner life that you're truly seeking to experience. And the more you experience that, the more you will even see it reflected in the world around you because you are creating your own reality, your own experience. So as you create the loving and the peace within you, then you're going to begin to see it reflected back to you in the world, because it is a world of reflection. You'll still see also the reflection of illusion, but you'll begin to know the truth beyond that illusion, beyond the falseness, beyond the mirror. So use all your resources, all your tools. Look with the eyes of loving. When you relate with one another, look to the loving with one another. Physically, look in people's eyes or even above their eyes. Focus on that source of loving where it resides. And that's what you'll get. So relate to the loving, and the loving will relate to you. It's funny because I know there's more right there. I just don't have the words, so sometimes it's probably Jim's turn to share. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought I would open it up to question and answers for my part. So I don't know if Nick's here. Is he gone? Nicholas? Oh. You want to be the was... microphone runner? You are meditating, right? <laughs> 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 if anybody has any questions or something you'd like to share, just raise your hand and Nick will bring you the mic. What? <laughs> Maybe I'll get to now because I can feel it. 
I love it when I feel it and I think, okay, I know there's something more to share, but there's no information, so I don't know what to do with that. Go for it. Um, I've had some experiences with the Golden City inside. Is, uh, is there anything you can say about a Golden City and where it is well, or anything? There's all different kinds of places on the different realms that we can move through. Uh, and there's actually different kinds or places of golden cities that we can meet. Uh, the one that most people relate to is in the astral realm. And uh, it's even written about the, the streets of gold as heaven. It's the, uh, the belief that Christians have created having to do with streets of gold. Then there's also places in the higher part of the astral that are golden cities that began to take people on up. And there are schools there. So it, it's hard to say. And there's a lot of places that it could be. I wouldn't try to figure out where it is. I'd say I, I'm enjoying it. I'm appreciating it. I'm doing it. I guess that goes for all your experiences that you have. Just appreciate them for what they are. Right. The mind always wants to figure things out, and then True. it gets in the way. <laughs> and um, I just appreciate what's happening and keep moving forward and see what's next. Thank you. Yeah. Is that where the golden goose is that laid the golden egg? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> At McGod's. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it. I uh, almost asked this question at the last time at the initiates thing we were at, but I got dazed or something and asked it. <laughs> so I'm going to ask it now. All the flashing lights. <laughs> something. Um, we practice our. I should sit just speak for myself. I practice my um, spiritual life kind of out in the world, and I've heard you guys say a number of times that that's an appropriate way to do this. Um, but I deal with a lot of distraction, and I hear a lot of other people say that same thing about um, staying focused spiritually while we're all doing the things that are out in the world, and then going back into retreat, and then back out into the world, and back into retreat. If if the meditational practices and the spiritual family that we've all created here are so important, why aren't we off somewhere in retreat just doing this all the time instead of going back and forth in and out of the world? Because I find it very hard to do that, and I, I've heard you say that it's really appropriate to do exactly that, and I just wanted to see what you would say about it. I don't know. Why aren't you doing spiritual retreat all the time? <laughs> um... <laughs> I guess because I don't know how to create that, possibly, but I'm not even sure it's appropriate to create that or try for, for my growth. I do every day. When we talk about bringing spirit into your daily life and living it moment to moment to become the living prayer, the living meditation, it is simply a practice of holding your attention on the spirit within no matter what you're doing whether you're sitting with your eyes closed in meditation or whether you're moving around with your eyes opened in meditation. 
Meditation is simply holding your focus and attention on God, on the divine. So as you do the day, all you have to do is hold your attention up here at the seat of the soul. That's it. That's the simplicity, is holding your attention at the seat of the soul as you're doing the day. Because as you're doing the day, holding your attention there, is how you hold that door to the loving open so that the loving moves in you and through you through all that you do. And then all that you do is done in loving. It doesn't matter what the physical expression is. It's just a matter of you're allowing that loving to move in and through all of your expression. And then when you're living in that place, it's always a retreat, no matter where you find yourself, no matter what's going on, because you have opened the door and keep the door open to allow yourself to experience that loving, to experience spirit in all things. And when we use the word distraction, yeah. I mean, as soon as we open our eyes, there's all the distractions. But is it because the world's a distraction? Or is it because we've allowed ourselves to get caught up in our attention in the world that has become a distraction? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it really is a choice to choose where you focus. The world is not a distraction unless you choose it to be and allow it to be. If you allow it to be, you've made the choice. Most of us do, unconsciously. That's why we talk about this is a path of awakening. Wake up, consciously waking up and knowing the spirit within yourself. And then you'll know it in all things. But it's where we place our attention. So, I mean, people that are focused in the world and want to be, well, that spiritual stuff so distracting. It's a distraction to my focus in the world. So you see how I'm using the word distraction? You can use it on anything that you're allowing to pull your attention away from what you really want, whatever that is. So if you really want spirit, you've got to make the continual choosing into spirit and keep lifting your attention and focus there. And the more you do that, the more you live it, then the less distracting the world becomes. That's my simple answer for it. That's a good answer. <laughs> Thank you. No, it really is about detachment. Being detached from this world and attached to God, attached to our own soul. And it's, it's easier to detach from the world if we're in retreat, if we're in a monastery, if we're in the mountaintop or whatever. Uh, then the world doesn't attract us so much. It doesn't get us attached to it in such a way that we need it, we want it, we have to get more involved in it. But really and truly, the soul is here to free itself of this creation. And one way that we do that is to attach ourselves to God and to let go of this creation, to let go of this illusion. And the greatest way to attach ourselves to God is by going inside in meditation and waking up into the truth of who we are as soul, attaching ourselves to that truth that is the divine loving inside, and then moving with that divine loving into the fullness. And at the same time, carrying that awareness of the divine loving into all this creation and into all of our past creations that we have manifested for ourselves called karmas, unlearned lessons, and dissolve those connections by loving them all. <laughs>
And the easiest way to do that is by being involved at this level as well as inside, but detaching from this level as well as attaching ourselves to God. So it could be that we are avoiding by retreating if we retreat too long and not move into those areas where we want to bring balance, bring <clears throat> harmony, bring loving, bring detachment. We can actually find, and I've seen on the other levels, monks, priests, different people that have retreated such as you're describing in India and all that have gone on to the other side that find that they still have to come back down here yet again, even though they've come to great insight, great awareness inside themselves. They still have to come down here yet again physically because there are things to bring to completion, to bring to resolution, to bring to dissolvement, to bring to detachment. And so why not do it all now? It's all about polarity, positive and negative, of this world and finding a way to stand between those two polarities in loving and to walk through it all in loving. And it's easier if we are in the world but not of the world. But a lot of people do want to avoid even being in the world. And, and that's not the game here. It is being, while you're in the world, you love it all. You do it all. You participate. And then you make choices as to how you're going to live your life so that it lines up with that inner focus and that inner direction and that inner awakening. If we do that, then we have the wholeness and there's nothing to run away from or nothing to avoid. Thanks. Mm -hmm. My question, my question is very similar to... Is this yeah, turn it up just a little bit. You, did, you just need to hold it closer to your mouth. There you go. My question is very similar to what you were just saying, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to put it in the right words, uh, centered around lessons and detachment. Um, I remember going through, before I moved to Austin here, um, my apartment and looking at everything that was in my apartment and just saying, I don't need that. I don't need that. And I even went to the most sincere things that were opening, like my clarinet. <laughs> I looked at that and I go, no, I don't need that because that's not, that's not what really is happening. I mean, a lot of it's within myself. And so I, I, went, I managed to tell myself and tell my spirit that I was really detached. I felt like I had succeeded in saying that to myself and becoming in that, that state of awareness. But it's interesting knowing that there are things that are happening that are like saying, no, you have to do this to take care of yourself. My biggest one that's, that's bugging me is my back. I have this, this nagging pain right in between my shoulder blades that I know that I, I know what to do. I know when I go and I do these things, I rack up a debt for chiropractic, taking care of myself. And I found a great guy that's working with me on that as far as the money payment issues. But I know I have to take care of myself on that. I know I've opened myself up to doing yoga and, and, and I'm even trying to get rid of more um, health things like uh, thankfully ILM has definitely cut out the drinking part of it I'm not drinking 99% less I'll basically say that <laughs> um, it's pretty much gone I don't desire it at all the smoking part of it is really going away it really is um, 
the drinking more water and eating more healthier foods, not going and eating the, the junk foods like fast foods and stuff. I, I know I'm heading in that direction. But I guess what bothers me is like when I go into meditation and I know I go into spirit, my biggest attempt in trying to go into spirit is to see if I, these things, these karmas, this, this physical lesson, whatever this is that's nagging me, goes away. I'm, I was talking with Bill last night about it and the way I described what that is and why is that and what is the lesson, which is the mind operating. But I've got to, I don't know, the mind wants to do that, so I kind of let it for a little bit. I carry a clarinet case on my shoulder. Why do I carry a clarinet case on my shoulder if that may be the problem? Why I'm, I'm having that problem on my back? And, and I go, well, it's because you're a musician. <laughs> well, maybe I could carry a smaller clarinet case. Well, whatever it is, that seems to be part of the problem of my back. And I, maybe, I'm, maybe it's because I'm analyzing it too much, but I do know that the, the process of detachment, I could let everything go. I feel like I know I could let everything go and I could just focus in on God. And I try to do that. I even try to bring in the light to that spot. And say, let this let this dissolve, let it go away. And I, I try to give it into faith, and it nags at me. It doesn't really go away. And I, I guess I kind of wonder around, around that. I don't know if there was a question in there. There kind of is, I guess. But choosing the words to know what what that is and how to how to deal with it. I know it's just a matter of letting go and letting God. And I've been doing a lot of that, but it's still it's still there. Why? I guess my question is, why is it still there? There's a lot of different kinds of karma or unlearned lessons. Some of them are physical. Some of them are imaginational, emotional, mental, unconscious. The things of our body are having to do with physical karmas. And these are unlearned lessons in the very physical nature that are present in our lives because we've either created an imbalance by our own actions or accepted an imbalance that somebody else has given us and we've made it our own. Oftentimes pain in the body, like you're describing, is based around judgment. And so you might want to begin to go into that area and do forgiveness. Forgive whatever it is, whatever the source, whoever the source, that it is, whether it be in this lifetime or another, and begin to do forgiveness with it. But in the process of forgiveness, also do loving. Place loving in there. As you forgive it, love it. And as you are loving it, accept it. Accept it just as it is. And accept it in the way that you say, if you're with me all of my life, I accept you just as you are. And I will live I with you. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm his karma, physical karma. <laughs> You thought it was a blessing, but it's really a pain. <laughs> I find pleasure in pain. What can I say? You can't find a chiropractor who will get rid of me. <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard him do much forgiveness, but maybe. That's an internal process. <laughs> I guess the question on that would be whether it's a tangible thing to go to to forgive and to accept. Um, when I said I, I was relating the pain to probably me carrying the clarinet case on one shoulder and relating it to the music career or um, it could be things involved with that, I guess I could go in and, and probably do that because that seems to be a real physical direct link to what that is. 
but it seems as though that pen, the, the beginning of, of that was way back. I traced it back to when that started to happen. I didn't even have pain when it was first recognized. Uh, it was it was connected to a headache that my mother took me to to say, let's go to the chiropractor and see what they do. And they recognized that spot. I had no pain in that spot. But he said that might be something that might be related to the headaches. And so not really knowing what that is and what it is to forgive, what would you say to that? You don't have to know what it is. You just go into whatever is present and say, I forgive you. I forgive your source. I forgive myself for creating you. I forgive myself for accepting you. I forgive all that you are. And I move into loving with you. And I ask you to move into loving with me. And may we together live in loving. And in this loving, I accept you just as you are now. And I accept you as we move into the greater loving and how that loving does manifest. And I offer you opportunity to be resolved. And I offer you opportunity to come to me to resolve you. So that in that resolution, we find peace, we find health, we find restoration. And together, we then move forward in a new way than we have been living up to now. It's an energy. It's a belief system. It's whatever it is. So all we have to do is go in and be with it and see if we can begin to transform it. A lot of times just accepting something or accepting someone just as they are can change relationship very quickly within ourselves and with the other person or within ourselves and whatever the situation is within us. So it is a game of loving acceptance and forgiveness. It's that three together energetically create a greater energy beyond the one or the other or the other. And together it creates harmony, it creates balance, it creates movement, it creates change, and transformation can take place because you're creating a place of vulnerability where the Holy Spirit now can participate with you.